This is the Hoosier Ag Today Monday podcast on the 5th of February 2024. I'm Andy Eubank, Eric Pfeiffer, and C.J. Miller along with the news today, including how tax relief in D.C. might impact farmers and how Croft can help simplify your H-2A process. The Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experienced banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more or stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation. Also today, Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin predicting changes in the weather, but only by late in the week. And Friday ag markets, liquidation again. Brian Basting Market Analysis coming up on the Monday Who's Your Ag Today podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. From seed, grain, and feed companies to crop protection, farm implements, and technology, agribusiness is all around us here in Indiana. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. At ACI, our sole focus is on the needs of our members. We advocate, educate, inform, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to become a member. That's inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. A tax relief package heads to the Senate and simplifying the H-2A process. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. A tax relief package passed the House of Representatives last week and now heads to the U.S. Senate for consideration. C.J. Miller shares more on how this bill impacts Indiana farmers. The bill is called the Tax Relief for American Families and Workers Act. It restores tax provisions that were left out of tax reform efforts back in 2017. Dustin Shear, Government Affairs Director with American Farm Bureau, says the legislation includes provisions that benefit farmers. The biggest of which is 100% expensing or bonus depreciation, which allows you to immediately write off investments into your business when you purchase equipment or build infrastructure. It's probably one of the most pro-growth policies that we can put in the tax code, and farmers lost the ability to buy new equipment under 1031 like-kind exchanges in the 2017 tax reform. He says it's important that your lawmakers make the fix now ahead of the tax cliff in 2025. These provisions were only extended for a couple of years from 2017 when they changed. Others like bonus depreciation started to phase down. And so getting this done now, generally you can make tax policy retroactive for a year before you get too deep in the following year's filing season. And that's what this bill does. That provision and a couple others, including deductibility and the R&D expensing, retroactive to the beginning of 2023 before we get deep into this particular filing season. Shearer says that American Farm Bureau is encouraging Indiana farmers to reach out to Senators Todd Young and Mike Braun and urge them to pass this legislation. Those things affect farmers and ranchers' bottom lines, especially in times of high cost and thin margins. Tell them your story and let them know that it is vital that they get this done. Read more about the tax relief bill at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller. If you ask farmers what the number one issue facing agriculture today is, many of them will say labor. 
The H-2A program is there to help farmers get the labor they need, but the process, which includes hundreds of steps and a tremendous amount of time to complete, could be described as a lesson in frustration. Enter Croft, a company looking to simplify the H-2A process. With Croft, we built one of the first software platforms that really go right to the heart of the matter, and we immediately help growers and employers save time, money, and hassle around all of the moving parts to that H-2A process. That's Scott Prince, CEO and co-founder of Croft, a company that got its start at Purdue University. The H-2A process has inherently burdensome barriers. Croft helps by... Getting your house in order, getting your farm in order so that all of your documents, data, just worker activities are in one place and you know it has the guardrails that are compliant with any of the either federal DOL, state workforce agency, or any of the other guidelines or or laws. That's an important confidence to build as you move forward so that you can get back to what you do the best, which is farming, not necessarily being an accountant or a lawyer or a you know legal uh, professional around a, a very complicated federal program like H-2A. A 10-minute demo with Croft will show what the software is all about. They also offer free trials where you can input your own data or use their example data to test the system for yourself. Only then would we like you to become a paying customer, which is ultimately for us, we just tra- tra- are trying to earn a, a modest profit here, but it's only a few thousand dollars a year, and the ROI is tenfold usually when we start talking to the customers who use this. Get started by visiting withcroft.com. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit Mid-America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy time, coverage level, and options for you, all guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com slash crop insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We're kicking off the work week with a decent setup here. Low pressure continues to meander through the deep south, but it's keeping all moisture down there with it. So we're looking at partly to mostly sunny skies to start the week here today, and that holds through tomorrow through Wednesday and into the early part of Thursday. We do see changes to the weather pattern coming this week, but it's going to take until late week to get here. Clouds and low pressure will be building off to our northwest through the day Thursday. I think clouds build in here Thursday afternoon and evening. Scant little bit of precipitation Thursday overnight, and then as we move into Friday, that's when we see our frontal boundary come through. Does not look nearly as impressive as last week. I'm going to allow for hit and miss scattered showers through Friday. Anywhere from a few hundreds to maybe three or four tenths, that's all coverage. Only about 60% the way I see it right now. But this front is also bringing back cooler temperatures. So we're mild, I think, still here on Friday. 
cooling down as we move into the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. We're not getting bitterly cold, but we're definitely cooler. Then going into next week, Monday, low pressure comes out of the Oklahoma and Missouri Valley areas, lifting across the state of Indiana to the northeast. We're going to look at another round of moisture coming through as low pressure tracks by mostly to the south. Honestly, the low looks like it wants to come from southern Illinois through to about the Findlay, Ohio area, and then moving on northeast. That will put us on the backside in cooler temperatures. So wet snow, definitely a possibility to start next week. Monday the 12th is the day we're looking at. Liquid equivalent going to be upwards of a half to three quarters of an inch, and a lot of that could come as wet snow. We get back to drier weather, but cooler weather for Tuesday, Wednesday, and beyond. As a matter of fact, I look for temperatures to be quite chilly at midweek next. Next week, Valentine's Day, going to be a good day to snuggle, I think, overall. But we don't see a lot of additional moisture coming through the rest of next week, even though it is on the cooler side of things. I guess what I'm saying here is enjoy the mild stuff here for the next few days. Mother Nature telling us she's not done with winter just yet. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Soybeans led the ags lower, corn followed, then wheat. This is Who's Your Ag Today. It's the Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Settlements from Friday Trade coming up. Let's get market analysis, though, first. That's from Brian Basting of Advanced Trading. I spoke with him Friday. Brian, everything sells off as we go into the weekend. Wheat, the last holdout, working higher much of the first half of the trading session before moving a little lower, Chicago wheat, that is. But uh, we continue range-bound and under pressure in these markets. Certainly a very strong dollar index was a part of that on Friday. And the supply and demand picture, still just not real rosy. Yeah, we had some mixed news, Andy, from the export sales report on Thursday. A marketing year low of soybean export sales. I think the market is looking, looking at a very cheap Brazilian soybean basis now. So end users are very happy to wait. Um, until those beans work into the pipeline, which will be shortly now. And it actually canceled uh, a sizable amount of uh, soybean sales, unknown destinations. So only 6 million bushels sold of, of U.S. beans in the latest week. And, uh, you know, there may be some pops here and there, but, but um, it sure feels like that, that that window of opportunity we had on beans is, is closing. If it hasn't already closed, it's closing rapidly in terms of our opportunity to do that to get our foot in the door world export-wise. But for corn, I'd just say that it's it's a mixed bag. We had some end-of-the-month short covering and um, gave us a little boost early in the week, but that has melted away here the last couple days. Um, looking at some mostly good growing conditions in Argentina, it has been hot and dry the last week. However, the crop was in good shape. Going, their corn crop was in good shape. It's pollinating now as we speak. So uh, it's, it's not like last year. I want to remind your listeners, last year was a catastrophic drought in Argentina. Half a bean crop, about two-thirds of a corn crop. At the moment, there's no indication that that's going to occur. But this may trim the top side off of it. But point being is that we need more than uh, a tiny, a little bit of a weather scare in South America because the, the carryout still looking pretty hefty at corn at over 2.1 billion bushels. So wheat is, is stabilizing here. We're looking at some, some lower levels, maybe a little bit of, of uh, short covering down here too. Um, but boy, the crop conditions uh, are in decent shape, particularly out west relative to last year, Andy, much better than last year. So yeah, we're into the February doldrums, for lack of a better phrase here, and, and the markets will get a little bit of fresh news, however, next Thursday the 8th with the supply demand report release. 
Speaking of demand, as we review the week, what did the flash sales picture look like throughout the week? I didn't see many announcements at all. No, you're correct. We didn't see many announcements. Um, I think we saw one announcement of some soybean meal sales, and meal sales continue to be very strong here. With Argentina have having half a crop last year, we have been the, the dominant supplier of soybean meal, the U.S. has, to the world here this year. But it does look like Argentina has the potential for a normal crop this year, so that window eventually may close. But otherwise, you're correct. Very little in the way of flash sales as far as corn, soybeans, wheat, Um you know, we're waiting to see if these lower prices uncover demand, and, and yet, uh, to this point, they have not. Um, there may be a little bit of that going into the report. Historically, sometimes end users like to get some coverage on ahead of a major government report. But other than that, no, it's been, been quiet on that front. Analyst Brian Basting, he's an economist with Advanced Trading. Now, settlements from Friday trade. March corn, 442 and three quarters, losing another four and a half cents to end the week. May contract down four and three quarters, 453 and a half. 14 and three quarters lower March beans, 1188 and a half. And May is now down under $12 at 1198 and a quarter, losing 15 and a half cents. March wheat, 599 and three quarters, a penny and three quarters lower. The meat's mostly higher. February live cattle, 180.55, up 80 cents. Febline hogs down 35 at 75.45. Deferred contracts up just a little. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.